This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That Delighted to be joined on Football CFB by a goalkeeper who's known to many sets of fans up and down the length of the UK. Um, this man has been on the books of Liverpool. He also had a loan spell at Celtic in which he played in a 5-1 victory over their great rivals Rangers. He had an incredibly successful spell at Millwall Football Club as well. Um, he's been at Fulham, he's been at Hull, he's even been abroad, which we'll come to as well. He's currently low at Accrington Stanley, where he's the goalkeeping coach following a spell there as a player. Tony Warner, thanks for joining me. Hello, um, thanks for having me on. I mentioned Accrington Stanley. Now, there was a period in time, as you well know, from, from being from the Liverpool area that there was the advert years ago, Accrington Stanley, who are they? But the club are in League One under John Coleman. They always compete. You you might not have the biggest budget in League One by any means, but you're always competing. Mm. People certainly know who you are now. Yeah, definitely. You know, we've um the, the you know the the gaffers brought brought the club into the into the league, the football league again. Um I you know just made kind of um slow but steady progress. Um, you know, I, I, like I mentioned, like budgets, it's, it's just always low, really. Um, you know, they've kind of established themselves in League Two, and then three seasons ago, um, managed to managed to win that league. Um, we've got ourselves into, into League One now, and yeah, like like you said, you know, we're, we're always competing. You know, we're, we're no one's um, no one's whipping boy at all. Um, you, you could you could you could see how maybe we could be with the budget and stuff, and you know, the lack of facilities, whatnot. Um, but you know, it, it's a testament to the to, to the gaffer really and the um, the way he kind of operates, just to get every last ounce out, out of every player. And you know, the the players that we get, you know, with lads who were like a lot of on a lot of second chances, um, you know, been been released and you know, maybe sometimes have lost away a little bit. And um, you know, the gaffer comes, gets them in, you know, gives them you know the opportunity to play, you know, good a good level of um, football again. Um, so you know, a lot of our lads, they'll come in, um, and you know, they'll, they'll just give you everything really, um, and you know, it, it just shows by, you know, we're, you know, fairly. I think we're always kind of, they always have us favourites go down because of budgets and that, but it never turns out that way. And in terms of the gaffer John Coleman, what's it like being on his staff? You obviously were in and around the dressing room as a player, combining that with the coaching before now, just focusing on the coaching. What's it like to work with? Because from the outside looking in fascinating character and what I like about John is we've seen it in the Christmas video that, that the club put out he's a serious guy but he's also full of fun yeah yeah you know it, it, it's not you know we, we've you know, I've, I've been at quite a few clubs and you know you have like kind of all different ranges of managers you know you have serious managers you know um, and, you know he, he's, he's he's obviously very serious in, in the way of you know, like the, the, the football side of it um, but you know he's you know he's a very at ease um, around the club um, you know, he, he likes to laugh and a joke as much as the next person. Um, you know, he, he's not the kind of person to to um, put his foot down on, on anybody really um, unnecessarily. You know, and it's not, it's not, you know, it's not the kind of place where you've got to walk around 
um, on eggshells, anything like that, you know, you know, wondering about saying like, you know, the wrong thing or whatever, or, you know, it, it, it's a, it's, it, it's a, almost like a bit of a casual attitude really, but, but in the right way, you know, not, not casual insofar as, you know, just kind of easy ozy, but, you know, it, it's an easy place. It's an enjoyable place to work. Um, and, you know, and, and, and you know, and, and that, that comes from, from the gap, that comes from the top really. In terms of your role as the goalkeeping coach, we're going to come to your your extensive career in the game. How do you mm. use those experiences when you're working with the goalkeepers? Because we we always, you know as well as I do, Tony, that pundits like to focus on goalkeeping errors when, whenever they happen, despite the fact yeah. many of them haven't played in goal. How do you use your experiences to help the lads that you're coaching? Um, well, I, I, the thing is, it's like there is there is a mistake I haven't made. You know, and I made a lot of them. Um, so she shows, you know, if you're coming from like kind of that that angle of, um, you know, you know how to pick people up. You, you know how difficult certain things can be, which other, you know, other outfield players and pundits don't seem to spot. You know, the, the you know, it's really difficult. It's a really difficult position in Safari. You know, it's a pressure position. You know, there's no hiding place being a professional goalkeeper. Um, you know, and 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 any kind of mistake. Um, can be punished instantly, um, and you know, and you know, obviously can can change the score straight away. You know, as a centre forward, you don't really have that pressure. You have different pressures, but you don't have the pressure of the um, of of of, of um, the, the the team, um, the score changing instantly. You know, you can you can miss four and score one, and you can you can win one nil. Um, as a goalkeeper, you, you can't afford them ratios, so you need to be you know pretty pretty switched on. Um, you know, keep your mistakes down to a minimum. Um, and like, like, like I said, I've had, I've had experience of, of, of being put through that um, throughout my career. And, and, what, and what you do is, you know, you, you just sign, you sign guide, you, you sign guide your keepers along, along the path which you know they, they're, they're going to be going on. Now, you know, you know that's putting on drills, making sure they're prepared. Um, you know, making sure, you know, trying, trying to build up the characters. You know, see, find out what kind of character they are, and, and see, and see what works for them. Um, it, it, it's it's just it's just general stuff like that really. You're making sure they're prepared. You know, you know, finding out like you know, you, you can you can see little you can see little things which you know maybe need adjusting, um, and you'll work on them. And just trying to get the the, the best you know ra- most rounded goalkeeper um, you you can. And in terms of yourself, Tony, to rewind to your career, were you always a goalkeeper, or did you start outfield and work your way back? Uh, I was always a goalkeeper. Yeah, I was always a goalkeeper. I just didn't really kind of fancy playing out. And I had an uncle who was on the, the youth books at, um, uh, at Tranmere and he played um, in America. So um, every time I go around to my nan's house, there was pictures of my uncle Ali on the wall um, playing for like Hartwick in university. And, um, and he, had, like, he had like really long hair. He looked, looked, like, a, looked like a red Indian, to be fair. He had like really long hair. Like down to his backside, and he always wore a headband when he played. Um, so we looked like a looked like a bit of an Apache, and um, so there was the pictures of our Ali. Um, and then you know, I you know, obviously you get involved in football because everybody did at that that age. Um, and then yeah, I just found myself playing in goal all the time. Really enjoyed it, um, and you know, stuck with it. You, you stick with it, and and you get picked up by Liverpool. What was that feeling like being from the area to to sign for? Let's be honest, one of the biggest clubs in the world. Yeah, well, it was it was a really unexpected um, um, situation because I was I'd left school, I'd never kind of been involved in 
you know, Liverpool schoolboys, anything like that. I, I, in fact, I did play for Merseyside. I played for my county. Um, so I played for Merseyside for two years. We won a national cup. Um, so um, when I left school at 18, um, you're not allowed to obviously play for Merseyside anymore. And, you know, you, you step out of the age group. Um, so I was playing just Sunday league. And then I went into, into men's Sunday league. So I was 18, playing men's, starting, playing men's football. And I was working as an um, I was working as an accountant, and I didn't have any aspirations of being a professional footballer. I just kind of thought it was beyond me, and it, it, it was not something I was kind of chasing. To be honest, yeah. So I wasn't particularly bothered because I just never thought to kind of be one. I thought you know Liverpool, Everton, all these other clubs, you'd all have loads of fantastic goalkeepers. So it was something which wasn't going to come my way. And, um, and lucky enough, I was off work sick one day, and the phone went, and it, and it was Steve Highway. Um, and he just said, you know, you've kind of flagged up on our radar, and there's been a there's been a um, a play they've let go, so there was like a vacancy, um, and he wanted to have a look at me, and he said, there's a game tomorrow, um, and I was like dog shit, like I was genuinely really really ill, um, but I wasn't going to pass up that opportunity, so I said, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow at Melwood, um, so down to Melwood I went, um, and just went and played the game. I think we played, I think we played Nottingham Forest. And uh, it was Forest of Wolves. Anyway, I can't remember. So we, um, I played the game with you two all. And I just said, like, what are you doing on a Saturday mornings? Because we need the goalkeeper to play in the B team. Um, and I was like, like, not at all. So I was working during the week. And where I worked was in the same area as Melwood. So it was a couple of evenings, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I used to go to, uh, to training in the School of Excellence. And they had a goalkeeper coach there. So Tuesday and Thursday, I go down. I play for Liverpool on on the Saturday, and then I play for I play for me me like me Sunday league side, like the men's open age Sunday league side on a Sunday. So you had like a varied, um, you know, eclectic um, type of football. You know, you'd be you playing at Melwood on the Saturday. You know, sometimes you know you'd have like some senior pros that drop down if they were needed some game time or recovering from injuries, and then you know on the Sunday you were going to different age Liverpool and playing like Sunday League men's football, which was, you know, you know, it brought a lot of things with it. You know, it wasn't too much quality, but there's a lot of there's a lot of physicality and you know trying to kind of intimidate you because you could see you're a young lad and all that. So I was learning, I was learning two different types of football um, at the same time. And so I think I think both obviously um, stood me in good stead for for when I become a pro. And when I was with with that, I was I was I was doing that for 18 months, that 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 arrangement. So I was just working, you know, just just playing for Liverpool for like one whole season. And the B team league, we uh, we, we won that league, and then a lad got uh, a lad got let go, um, who was playing the A team. And then I got stepped up to the A team the next season, and then I just kind of realised, I thought like, there's an opportunity here, you know, there is a chance because I wasn't um, I wasn't out of place at all at the level, um, and I just thought right, you know, this might be, this might be a bit of a future for you there if you can play your cards right. Um, and then after another six months, um, they got me in, and um, yeah, got, got, got me in for a couple of weeks trial, and then sat me down and said, you know, we're going to offer you the, going to offer you the professional contract, and uh, yeah, I just, I just didn't look back then. When you sign that professional contract, you're training with the first team. What, what, what's your, your, your thought process? Because a club like Liverpool, as you know, it's so hard to, to, to battle for that number one jersey. Yeah, um, well. I wasn't even kind of thinking that far at, at that time. I was just so happy to have been brought through the door um, on a permanent basis. It, it was I, I, I was I was just amazed. I was I was dumbfounded. You know, I kind of thought to myself, right, you know, um, 
if they do turn around and say, well, you know, we've had it in for a couple of weeks and, you know, and it's not, you know, you're not quite up to the level that we want. Um, I was just, I was prepared for that. You know, I was kind of, not, not so much expecting it. I suppose you, you maybe expect the worst. What was it? You um, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Um, so, you know, I, I went in there and kind of, you know, done my best. And um, yeah, turned around and said to me, you know, we're going to take you on. So it was just, I was just made up to, to, to be there. I mean, you know, I, I've been training with them, David James and Bruce Grobola. So you know that you know the level that you have to jump to kind of um, to get past those fellas. Um, and I knew that I knew that weren't going to happen, you know, straight away. Um, and in fact, no, it didn't happen at all. Um, but I was just I was just happy to be through the door. To be honest, at, at that instant, yeah. And you mentioned David James and Bruce Grobler, two two goalkeepers that have had exceptional careers and and played yeah. for a long time. What, what's it like when you're training closely with them? And also, what's it like when you're training as that group of goalkeepers? Because when fans get the opportunity, the rare chance to see a training session, they're always well, most of them focus on the, the outfielders, but quite a lot of the time they forget about the goalkeepers going and and preparing and working as hard as they can. Of course, separately on their own work. Yeah, um, well, it, it was good to work with them because, you know, they, they, they were two absolutely fantastic goalkeepers. You know, Bruce Grobelard was just coming towards the end of his career. Um, you know, probably like, the most, you know, the, you know, out of the first of the, you know, the second most successful goalkeeper in Liverpool's history. Um, so, you know, he was the, he, he was he was good to kind of bounce off and, you know, they just give you a lot of advice and, and, and stuff. And, and and also as well, you know, you you pick up things by, by watching them. Um, because you know, at that time, Liverpool were, were like by far the most successful club in the country. You know, Man United kind of were reeling them in, but at that point, you know, Liverpool had, had the, the trophies in the cabinet. Um, like uh, what stage you look at, was, was, we're looking at like '94 now. Um, so you know, and, and Bruce Grobler, I put a, I put a lot of them trophies in that cabinet. You know, um, you know what I mean? He, he helped towards that. So yeah, they're absolutely fantastic people to, to work with. Um, then we had the goalkeeper coach Joe Corrigan, who I remember. I remember just going in, just thinking, like, "This is the hardest I've, I've ever had to work with." Like, it was, it was a bit, bit of a shock, to be honest. Yeah, how hard I had to work because he was just kind of beast you most days. Um, but I loved it. You know, it, it was it was it was just absolutely brilliant because I'd worked for a couple of years and I was sitting in an accountant's firm. I just didn't like it. It was almost like a bit of a dead end job to me because I thought. You know, I, I don't want to be sitting here for 20 years doing this job because it was boring and it just wasn't, I wasn't cut out for it really. So, you, you know, you're a little bit of a loose end. You think, you know, you're kicking heels a little bit like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So when you get the opportunity to go and play for Liverpool, which is just like a stratospheric change, um, if they told me to come stand in the corner on my head for half an hour every day, I would have done it. I, was, I would have done just anything they asked me to do. Um, and, and, you know, and luckily enough, it was something that I really enjoyed doing. It was like being a goalkeeper. So... Yeah, you know, it was great to be around. I mean, you walk in and, like, you know, like there's, there's people like John Barnes sitting there and, and like, Ronnie Whelan and, you know, Steve Nichol, Ian Rush, Robbie Fowler. I, I just kind of burst on the scene a year or two before. Jamie Redknapp, you know, Jan Mulvey. They were just, like, absolute superstars of, of, of players. Um, you know, who, who, you know, they were just, like, head-turning players. It, it, was absolutely, it was just amazing to be around them. Um, and I just dived in both feet. You know, just sad as hard as I could just to, to make me way um, up the ladder in, in, in the Liverpool kind of system. 
one of the early moments a couple of seasons after signing for, for Liverpool on a full-time basis is a loan spell at Swindon Town under Steve McMahon, obviously, who's no yeah. stranger to Liverpool. How did that loan spell come about? And for you, having been in and around the Liverpool squad but but not playing regularly, what was it like when you get the chance to make your, your professional debut in the Football League? Well, funny enough, I was out. Um, I was out um, with, with a friend of mine and um, we were watching the football and it was, it was Swindon went on the telly and um, there's a lad, Stephen Mildenhall, he's actually the, the, the goalkeeping coach for Swindon now and Stephen Mil, uh, Mildenhall had been challenged and um, he'd, um, <laughs> he'd been, uh, been kicked in the bollocks and, um, and his, his ball bag had got ripped open <laughs> and so it was like, I think there was blood everywhere and you know, Mildenhall, like, he was getting seen when I was kind of looking at the telly going, oh my God, that was terrible, blah, blah, blah. So it was them. Within the next week, um, obviously the contact Liverpool, Steve McMahon contact Liverpool, you know, just said he's got anybody knocking around, you know what I mean? Me, the goalkeeper. And um, and I, I got put forward. So yeah, I was made up that um, you know, because it, it, it's great training and you know, being around really great players, you know, there's, there's nothing better really than like on a day-to-day basis. But ultimately, you're there to be a footballer um, and you know, and you want to play games, you know, you, you wanna at that stage. You, you know, you're unproven and, you know, you want to be able to say, you know, I've played a professional game. That's what, you always want to make your debut, you know what I mean? So, um, get down to Swindon and went, they were in the championship and um, I remember, I remember just kind of sitting there in the hotel the night before the game and you always have the butterflies, you always like a bit nervous, you know, like before your debut and stuff. And then just think to yourself, like, if you want to be a footy player, you need this line, you need to get, you need to cross this line, you need to get over this barrier because if you can't get over this barrier, you're not going to get to where you where you want to be. So it's not a case of like, do, do you do you you know do you want to you're ready or whatever. It was a case of no, like yeah, you have to be ready, and you have to get through this. Um, and I think as a goalkeeper, you're only making loads of mistakes. You know, like he, if you threw two goals and in the first game, you know, like oh well, he's not ready, and, and then when is he going to be ready? I think at that point I was probably about twenty three. Um, so you know, if you leave it any longer than that, you know, you're not really a goalkeeper. You're just a, just a training ground goalkeeper. You're just a bit of a fraud. So um, it, it kind of, I had that mindset, and it kind of settled me nerves a little bit. And I was thinking, well, you know, you know, you, you know, you've been saying it for ages. You know, you, you call yourself a professional goalkeeper. Why do you need to do this? I need to step up. So yeah, I went into the game, um, and we ended up beating Bradford one nil, um, and we went to the top of the championship. So that was it then. It was like kind of right, you know, you you know the the the, the ball's rolling now. You know, you, you you're going to be um, like this is you. you know, you you finally done it. You finally got to be a professional footy player, and then you get you get brought back down to earth the next week. We played um, Stockport away, and we got filled in. I think four one, and and I just didn't look comfortable at all. You know, I I, I kind of I was kind of a bit unsteady and making making a few little mistakes. And you're thinking, right, okay, now you are a professional footy player. Now, these are the things you need to deal with. You need to deal with, like, kind of setbacks. You need to deal with mistakes. You need to deal with, like, kind of not playing particularly well. Um, and then, you know, I think Fraser Digby come back in the next week. So I only played, I think, two or three games for Swindon. Um, then I was back on my way up to Liverpool. Um, but I was happy that I'd, I'd managed to, you know, just, you know, get it over the line and make, and make my debut. You make your debut, you get those games back to Liverpool, yeah. you're working hard. Then the following yeah. season, the call comes in that, that Celtic need a goalkeeper because they've got a few injuries. What was yeah. that feeling like when a club like Celtic comes calling for you? 
Well, it was amazing because um, I got I got sounded out actually. Brad Friedel pulled me. Um, it was on a Friday, and Brad Friedel pulled me as soon as I got out of the car. And listen, he said, um, you know, Celtic have been on the phone, and Celtic wanting to go up there. Um, I'm like, boy, I'm just gonna pull you in like now. So he said, I'm just sounding you out. So, oh, amazing, do you know what I mean? And he goes, and there's an off um, game next week, and you're gonna play in it. I was going like, this, this one teams are made of, do you know what I mean? And um, and he what's his name? So I walks in. It's me, 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 me bump barely at the, the, the chair and someone said, like, the gaffer wants you. So walks in and Roy Evans just said, look, Celtic, um, I've phoned up about you. Um, you've got, you've got a couple of injuries and there's a game tomorrow against St. Johnson and you're playing against you're playing in the old firm next week um, at Parkhead. Like, do you want to do it? And I'm just like, yeah. Now, again, again, it, it, it's another it's another kind of thing which, which another kind of level you think to yourself, right, okay. You know, St. Johnson tomorrow, you know, Madeira Park, I, I don't know, maybe 25,000 or so. But then you're thinking, an old firm game next week. And I'm thinking to myself, now this is what you, you, you've been to practice for. This is what you've been training for. And, um, and you know, yeah, like what, what, once you agree to it and you say, yeah, once you agree to it and say, yeah, um, this is a big, big game. This is like another level. So I, um, I watched his name. Obviously, he said, you need to get your boots, you need to go now. So I'm driving up to Glasgow, uh, meet um, Eric Black there. And he said, look, he said, well, we just want to kind of have a look at you down the training ground. So went to, got stripped, went to the training ground. Eric Black was just like banging balls at me, knocking crosses in and stuff. Um, and he said, yeah, you know, we're, we're on for tomorrow. So when I, you know, signed it up and stuff, played played against St. Johnston. And um, they were kind of, the Rangers were kind of pulling away with the league. And um, we got beat by St. Johnston. And... Um, the 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 thing you know, like you know, the papers are giving us a little bit of stick. So that was that was like a little bit of a difficult start. So then it was all it was all about the old firm the next week, and I remember the papers were writing down. Um, they were going like, you know, like Celtic are kind of in the doldrums and all that, and you know if, if Rangers beat them, they go ten points ahead in November, and like they they're relying on Liverpool's fourth choice goalkeeper. I remember thinking, well, I'm not fourth choice, I'm third choice, you know what I mean? I thought, like, a bit disrespectful. Um, but I, um, I actually remember making a conscious decision not to read the papers, like, after I kind of read that. And that was maybe on a, maybe on a Tuesday or so. And, like, as you'll know, the papers in Scotland around the old firm can be ruthless um, when you're on the wrong side of it. And I, um, I just thought, yeah, I'm not going to read them. I'm not going to look at them at all because, you know, I'm probably not going to get anything positive. So, um yeah, um, didn't read, didn't read a, a, a paper, and then went to um, just went went through training in the rest of the week, and then went to the game, and yeah, it was it was just it was just some game. It was amazing, you know. It was like a, it's something I'll never forget. It's something so happy that I've I've been exposed to, and it was just totally amazing. It was like any anything you could have wanted. Did you um, sleep the night before the game? Yeah, yeah. They, they took us to um, they took us to Loch Lomond. I think there was a nice hotel there, so. It was, I think they took us out there to get us out of the city and stuff. Um, yeah, I, I was fine. Again, it was just one of them things. I thought to myself, you know, if you want to play at a decent level of football, these are things you've got to, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to go through. So I thought, right, yeah, you know, it's an old firm game, you know, 60,000 fans. But, you know, it's, it, it's not playing sailing football. You know, you've got to, you've got to go through the hard, the hard times. Not the hard times, but you've got to go through some tough, tough games. 
Um, and I thought, right, well, this is it. You've, you've got you've got to do this. I thought, right, okay, fine. And then again, it kind of, I don't know, it was maybe just a way of, 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 of me, like mentally just kind of dealing with it myself. And um, so, yeah, went to the game. I remember there was an... Um, there was a the, the the fitness coach for Celtic, Jim. He um, I remember we were in the gym and that, and he, he said to me, he said, "Oh, and he, he said I've seen him, um, seen his old firms like make and break people, you know." And he wasn't saying it to kind of to get me rattled. He was just kind of saying like, you know, like we need you and and you know and, and like if you win these games, you know, it can be big things. You know what I mean? It can be it can be amazing. Um, so I think he was saying it just to for me to to rise to the challenge. So. Yeah, really kind of really looked forward to it. It was great. It was amazing to kind of experience it. You know, the coach towards the ground, and you know, all the fans, just the passion. It was it was amazing. Like gets off the coach, goes in, you can just feel it, the electricity. I remember going out and it was like really fresh. Um, and we were warming up. And um, you know, the fans just started to come in. I like you know, Celtic Park, it's like, you know, it's one of the best stadiums in the world. You know, there's 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 no there's no doubt in that. Um yeah, it goes out there, warms up and that. And then, yeah, game on. You think, so, right, well, that's what you've got to do now. So let, let, let's get it done. Um, and then, you know, we we, so we, we, had, this, we had a superb side. Well, you know, we, had, we won with our Czech and um, um, Henrik Larsson, you know, you know up, up front and that. Um, it, was, it, it, was, it, was, it was a top side. And, you know, they, they did get a player sent off um, early on. I think we might have been winning like one or two nil or maybe one nil. And they got a man sent off, and then we just we just went right through them. Challenge, we just like we just we smashed into pieces. But it was it was just amazing. It, like to this day, it's the loudest um, I've ever heard the crowd when I've been on the pitch myself. Like it was like having you having a big pair of speakers next to your head. Like you, me hearing was like getting warped, and and the sounds. It, it was it was unreal. And you just think to yourself, like God, this is what you this is what you want as a footballer. These times. To be here doing this in front of this crowd, um, beating these in in such a in such a way, um, you know, in, in such a fixture, it was just it was brilliant. It was it was you know it'll it'll stay with me forever. It was, it was one of the most amazing things I've ever experienced. Um, and yeah, so it was like you know I, I still kind of dine out on dine out on it to this day. You know, I still have people kind of well, I, I was on Twitter and Instagram. I've, I've I've deleted them now, but you'd have people kind of contacting you um, and, and, and mentioning it and. I'm like, you don't forget me. Like I've been in, I've been in like London in, in like a little bar, like underground bar in, in like the middle of London somewhere, pitch black and some fella just comes up to you with a bottle of champagne. You can hardly even see him, but he recognised me. Just give me a bit of bottle. He said, that's for the 5-1 game. That makes it, that was unbelievable. So you, I've had a few of them things, episodes in my life as well. Um, it was it was brilliant. It was brilliant. You, you couldn't, you couldn't have, you couldn't have wrote it, to honest you. And, and, and you're you're right in the sense that it's, it's a five-one victory, two goals for Maravchik, two for Larson. Mark Burchill yeah. scores as well. When you look at the yeah. players for both sides, I mean Van Bronckhorst was playing for Rangers, Alberts, Kinchelskis. Yeah. I mean it was a real, real golden era of Scottish football. Obviously, your your yeah. spell at Celtic was brief, as you yeah. mentioned. But see, just to play in that game and experience that atmosphere. How fondly do you look back in that? Because there's so many goalkeepers that, that I'm sure even play in the Premier League, etc. now that would love to experience that for a game or two. Oh, it's like, listen, it's not lost on me, do you know what I mean? It was the most one of the most amazing things I've ever experienced in my life. You know, to, to, to want to play football and then to get thrown in that. I think that was like possibly my fourth professional game. 
and you get an, you get an opportunity to do that. Like, like I have I have professional players come up to me like now, like asking about it, and like they go, oh, I can't be, like Derek Scottish, you know what I mean? But I can't believe you played that old fame game and all that. I'm like, yeah, like and and the drooling over it, you know what I mean? Because like you know, it, it, it it's the fiction, it, you know, it, it it's one it's one of the biggest fiction in the world, you know, in Scotland, you know. Every Scottish player wants to play in that game. Do you know what I mean? What, no, no matter where they're from in Scotland, they all aim to play for one of those teams to play in that particular fixture. You know, um, it was it was incredible. You know, it's like I, I, I sometimes I pinch myself. I pinch myself. I'm like, you know, I, I know I'm going on about it a bit too much, but it was just it was unbelievable to play in that game. And and then you know, and then especially you get the right results as well. So you know, it's just kind of it's only ever fond memories when when you look back on it. Yeah, it was um, it was it was some it was some ninety minutes like. One of the things about you, Tony, that that fascinates me is the fact that you have that game against Rangers, an incredible win. You have that elation, but you were in a very serious accident after the game. I mean, when you look back on it now, you went from the ultimate high to to something that could have been really really serious for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember. Um, um, Dr. Joseph Fengloff, she was kind of saying, look, nobody go out into town. Um, I think he's kind of said that on a Friday. No, no, no outs into town after this game tomorrow. So if you win, you've got Rangers fans who, you know, who are booing with you. If you lose, you get laughed at off Rangers fans, you've got Celtic fans who don't wear you out and all that. So we said, look, just nobody go out. So I thought, right, okay, fine. Um, I'll, I'll get myself back down to Liverpool. I had a, had a few of my mates there watching the game. Like, my mum and dad went, but they went down in their own car. Um, and I had a few of my mates there watching. So we, what I was going to do was, it was funny because they had um, Noel's house party. I don't know if you remember that programme. And he used to have like the yeah. penalty taking machine. <laughs> and like the people at home would kind of say, now, and it'd like fire can it at the goalkeeper. But my agent phoned me and said like, uh, Noel's house party, want to do this penalty taking machine thing after the game at Celtic. It's going to be like about like half seven or eight o'clock, something like that. Um, do you want to do it? You know, it's a few quid in it for you. It was like about two or three grand or something like that. So I was like, yeah, I'll have that. Brilliant, let's go, you know what I mean? So um, I thought, right, I'll go home. I'll go, I'll go back to the hotel. I'll get my gear. I'll come back to the grounds. I'll do this nose house party. And then I'll make my way back down to Liverpool. And that was the plan. So I was on my way back to the hotel now. This taxi driver pulls across me on the, on the Jill Carriageway. Because I was up in East Kilbride. So there's like a bit of a Jill Carriageway going up towards East Kilbride. I couldn't tell you exactly what it was. But well, this taxi driver pulls out in front of me and just wipes the car out, like I irons his car, like the wheel come flying off my car, goes up into the central reservation. I have to kind of try to drag the car away from this lamppost. Um, so we're gonna hit the lamppost head on. Um, and yeah, I like managed to slide the car like across the road. Um, so yeah, it was a serious shunt, like. Um, so then now I'm waiting now. We made so cars off in the ambulance getting lovely little claims and all kinds. I have to sit with the car. Um, and wait for the police. And then the police come now. And um, I was saying, listen, like they, they were following me all the time at the, at the ground. They were going, what's going on? We're waiting for you. You know, we, you need to be in and all that. And um, the police, they, I said, like, I need to get to the ground as quick as possible. And they took me around a really long and winding way. And, um, and then when I got to the ground, it was too late. It, 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 they had to throw somebody in, like, and kind of had the camera come from behind them. So he didn't quite kind of see his face. And they go now. Once they knew, because you had the Celtic tacky on. Once then, police knew you were Celtic. He said that half of them are, or most of them are uh, Rangers fans. So he said they'll have made sure they made you uh, miss that. You know what I mean? So we got to the ground, and I'm like, I've had, I've had an accident. You know what I mean, my car's been written off, and that. 
Um, and they were like, all right, okay, no, as long as you're okay. But um, yeah, yeah, I got the car wiped out. Um, so yeah, it was, an, it, was a, it was an interesting day. It was an interesting day, yeah. I, I, one thing I always remember as well, someone said to me, you should never sign autographs in red pen because it's bad luck. I remember just before the game, or maybe just after the game, I'm not too sure, but someone asked me to sign in, in, in a red and he didn't have another pen. And I oh, go on. And I remember thinking, oh God, that might, that might come back to all me that. Anyway, yeah, car got wiped out. Um, and, and I missed out on a few grand from those house parties as well. So, but still couldn't dampen my mood. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And in terms of your time at Celtic, you, you finish up with a 2-0 win over Mullerwell, a clean sheet, which is a keeper, obviously, is, is what you want. Yeah. After that, yeah. was there any chance at all to stay at Celtic? Yeah, and no. Well, what happened was um, in in the in the um, in the preseason of, of that season, the um, it was 98, 1999 season. In the preseason, last year at Liverpool, I know you haven't said to him. He said, "Listen, if you find yourself another club, you know we won't stand in your way. We'll let you go." Do you know what I mean? Because I, it was obvious I was never going to kind of oust David James and, and Brad Friedel come in at that point as well. So those two were kind of running away with the with the first team uh, position. They, they were, you know, battling that out. And I wasn't even really getting close to it at all. So he just said, look, you know, if you find something at the club, you know, you can go. And I was like, okay, fair, fair enough. So then Celtic come in. Roy Evans at this point, um, it was it was the joint management with um, Julio and Roy Evans. Then Julio stepped away. So it was just... Um, um, sorry, um, Roy Evans had stepped away, so it was Julio on his own. So then Celtic were going like, you know, we want to we want to make a permanent, and um, the agent was going, well, we don't even understand the account for free. You know, the, the Liverpool said, you know, an available agreements. If he, you know, he finds himself a club, he can go. So Celtic going, okay, fine, yeah, we look into it. We'll, you know, kind of, you know, we'll, we'll we'll you know push it along the line a little bit. So then my agent was talking to him and stuff, you know, I think he even got kind of to the point of like of, of like wages and stuff. And I was going, well, that, that'd do me great. Um, and then Liverpool are going, I think they wanted, they wanted half a million pounds for me. And then he wanted like a really big sell on as well. And Celtic were going, hang on a sec, well, like, they're moving the goalposts now. You know, we, we, like we're kind of arranging this deal on, on, the, on the, um, the fact we're getting it for free. And I'm like, well, Roy Evans said I could go for free, you know what I mean? They're going, well, Roy Evans isn't here anymore. So it just scuppered it. Just scuffed it for me. Yeah, they were, you know, it, it was like just like you know some initial inquiries. It was like a big massive, you know, we want you know all that. But um, yeah, it, I, I do I do believe it probably would have gone through um, because you know I, I you know I think um, Dr. Joseph um, liked me and, and I, I like being there. Um, but yeah, the fee and then and the the, the, the sell on um, just kind of they stepped away. From that though, you you trained with Hibs for a while, I believe, before then joining Aberdeen on loan. I mean, did you expect to stay in Scotland, especially after the Celtic move doesn't come about? Um, do you know what? I, I wasn't too sure. It's, in fact, the, the Hibs thing. I was I was supposed to go on a on like a trial, and funny enough, as I was as I was packing my car to get up there, um, a Jehovah's Witness rung the doorbell in my mum's. And I checked quickly on the stairs and slipped and done my ankle ligaments on the stairs. So I'm lying at the bottom of the stairs now, screaming in agony. First time I've been properly injured. My dad's like, oh, what's happened? And there's this doorbell's ringing. And then he opens up the door, like Jehovah's Witness. And my dad goes, fuck off, closes the door. There's me on the floor writhing. Um, and I had to go into the, I had to come to training like then. I was like, the ankle's done in. So they had to, they had to speak to, uh, I think it was Alex McLeish, was, was up hips at the time. Um, 
and I was at that put me out for six weeks, six weeks or so. So that that kind of hips thing never actually materialised. And then Aberdeen wanted to sign me on, and they were going like, "We we want you. Um, you're not going to be fit by the time the transfer window um, closes, but we will sign you on. Um, we'll we, we'll 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 get the signature done, and then when you're fit, you'll come to us." So um, I went up there and I played the last six games um, for Hibs. Sorry for, for for Aberdeen, which again was another experience. You know, it's, it's just another another part of your journey. And it was great playing, you know, first team football. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I was I was more than happy to go to Aberdeen. It, it was great, you know, another really successful, you know, big big club. Um, so yeah, I was really fortunate to finish here. You go there. You mentioned playing those six games. And then yeah. the, the time comes to, to obviously leave Liverpool permanently. In the end, yeah. why did you choose to go to Millwall? Um, the only one that had have me. No, <laughs> um, the, <laughs> no, it was it was what it was is um, I me, me agent had, had he'd, he'd had a goalkeeper that was in there the previous season, Ben Roberts, and my agent said like, listen, he said you know Ben Roberts said it was actually brilliant, like the lads, the atmosphere, just the way the club is. It's a really good club and all that. And because I've been to Celtic, I played for Swindon in the Championship, I've been to Celtic and Aberdeen, I can remember thinking to yourself, like, I want to go to the Championship. Like, I don't want to go down to Div 1. I remember saying to him, like, try to get, get me a Championship side, you know what I mean? And he goes, well, you know, there's not really much coming up. And, and there, was, there was Millwall and Berry. So I went down to Millwall. And then uh, I, I loved it. I just loved it. It was great. It, it, was just, it, just, it just felt right. Um, I got I got there like 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 got the boss blend of youthful players you know they had like Stephen Reid there Timmy Cale was there um, Lucas Neal Paul Eiffel you know lads who who, who had gone on to you know to they left Millwall and gone on to you know, play a high level um, but were just just fantastic young players um, so I went there it was, it was just a good fit and then Millwall said to me you know look we're gonna um, we'll, we'll give you a decision I think we played I think we played like a full strength Tottenham team. At the training ground, they'll give it a decision like within five days or so. Do you mean so? I um, they just didn't give me a decision after after the time. So Betty were interested. So I said, right, okay. Well, you haven't made a decision now. I've got to kind of go to Betty, and then I think they didn't expect it because they go, oh, hang on, say where are you going? And they go, like, don't let the chairman know we was there for pieces because he said, you know, if, if Theo finds out you've left to go and start somewhere else, he won't have your back. And I was going, well, you said you're going to tell me today. You haven't told me. So what do you want me to do? So I went to Berry, And, like, Berry would say, on, like, on, like, a park field and that. And I thought, oh, no. Like, you know, like, I hope Millwall kind of get back in touch. Anyway, that night, Millwall phoned up and went, get back down. We, we want to get it done. Um, so I was made up because Berry, it just, it just didn't have to feel like Millwall, lad. You know what I mean? But you've got to play a little bit of bluff, I suppose. So um, went down to Millwall. And like within a week or so, we crashed out a deal and um, and it got done, got done and dusted. And to honest, yeah, you know, it, it, I've been really lucky to honest, yeah, because you know, like Liverpool, Liverpool was, was an absolutely fabulous opportunity because you know, you, you're going into like kind of you know, football and royalty. Um, and then Millwall, like the way it turned out for me was probably like I, I have no regrets about going there at all, and, and no, nor should I, but it was just a brilliant five years. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't have had a better five years. Even playing at a high level, don't think just for the way I enjoyed it. Um, it was it was just a perfect fit for me. And plus as well, I went into a like a, a really hungry side who for four of the five years had a lot of success. So it was it, it, it's the it's one of the 
well, well probably the highlight of my football career and um, playing for Millwall. I've got to ask you about some of the big characters. The first one I've got to ask you about because I've had him on the show, Mark Burcham. Just, just what was it like playing with him? Because what a character oh, he is. Oh yeah, it was great. I mean, like, like me and Birch kind of vetted off straight away. I mean, there was no idiots in the whole team. That that was the good thing. We kind of all lived like locally, um, but all the team just brilliant. But Birch, yeah, you know, he was like the entertainment manager. Uh, you know, like we, we all kind of like, you know, cockney wide boy and all that. We had all like the dodgy cockney gear and stuff. Uh, but just was just such a character. Was was such a good laugh. Um, and yeah, and, we, and was always 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 game for like a night out. You know what I mean? We'd always be out of town and staying back at his place in 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 the city that he lived in. That but yeah, absolutely fabulous character. I mean, Bertie hit it off really well. Because he, he told me that uh, obviously she played with Sean Dyche as well. He said. Yeah. Sean Dice, he said, had the biggest head ever. He said so. Whenever a signing came in and they looked as if they had a big head, would make sure that that Dice was able to measure it to make sure he was still the biggest. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, they did. Yeah. I mean, they had. Um, I think I had Chris Tuttle. I think um, Tuttle. 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 Um, I think took took the title off of Dice. Um, because he had, had like a buffalo, but yeah, it was all just funny things like that. Like dicey kind of, would you say? Yeah, my 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 noggin's massive and all that. So you'd have lads standing there, like in in the changing room, like new signings, and you'd have um uh, like a player standing there with a tape measure around his head, like on his first day, and like him and dicey would be standing there, like with with with, with tape measures around his head. But it was just a good laugh. Do you know what I mean? It was it was it was it was such a good place, and it was such a. I look back at it in such fondness. Like them five years, it kind of made me really, do you know what I mean, as as, as a player. And it's where I was the, the most established. Um, you know, played like 220 odd games there. So yeah, really really enjoyed it. Yeah, like it was like kind of, you know, I found I found me, me team and I've and I found my position. Um, you know, you kind of always knew not that I always knew, but well, yeah, you, you were kind of confident you were playing every week, you know, you were I was established there. So yeah, really, really enjoyed it. First season at the club, you finish fifth in what is now known as League One. And then in the second season, you go up, uh, you get promoted as champions. Winning a yeah. league at any level is special. What was it about that dressing room and the way you played on the part that, that made you champions? Because as I say, it's no mean feat. Um, it, it was it was just the characters. And it, was just, and it was the quality. And like the, the, the strength of character within the team. Um, you know, it was a, a lot of the lads bought into like the, to the Millwall kind of way. Where you know it, it was it was all hard work, and you know you, you can you can put these you can put these things down for any team, I should imagine. But at Millwall, if you do not work hard, the verbals you get are just like are just beyond levels. You know what I mean? Like just they just they just don't have it. They, they will they will not they will not they will not have it off you at all. And you know I, I don't know say say maybe you know Norwich maybe or I'm just picking. Teams out of, out of my head, you know what I mean? But not at all, maybe some other places, you know, you might kind of get away with it. But at Millwall, if you do not, if you do not put a shift in, they will let you know 100 percent It's one of the most intimidating places you can go to. Um, and, and, and it was our place. Um, so you know, like like the, like those names that, that I mentioned before, they're like quality players. Um, you had an intimidating um atmosphere in your home games. And then what it do is it, it just kind of bolstered. Yeah, like people were scared to kind of have Millwall coming to their to their um, to their towns and to their grounds and stuff. So you 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 you'd use that as well. So you know we 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 were a, we were a, we were a very good side. You know a very athletic side. 
um, full of quality, um, but also really aggressive as well. Um, and we would sign steamroll teams, um, and, and we often did. And we, we, we weren't concerned about anybody at all. You know, like all, all of our players would just back themselves, or you know, would back themselves to um, to to rise to the challenge or whatever got put in front of us. You know, like you know, when we got promoted, you know, you're up against like you know really good sides. You know, like you know coming down like your West Broms and your, your Birmingham's and and you know your, your Norwiches and you know Sunderland's. You know, you can just reel them off. Really good, like solid, established, you know, big big teams. And we just we just get stuck right into them. You know, I, I, you know, we sometimes you know sometimes we come unstuck, but uh, it wasn't through the wanted sign. Um, but you know, quite often, you know, we, we would uh, we would make a good account of ourselves. And like I said, that 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 spell I was there. Um, you know the, the way that the club went from like '99 to 2004. Every season we pushed for something. The first season we got to the playoffs, and um, we got we got turned over by Wigan. The second season we won the league. So you know, like you said, to win the league at, at any level um, as a player, it's just you know fantastic. The next season we were in the championship. We got to the playoffs again. So that was you no. Know, so you know, we were new. We were new into the division, and we took it by storm. Um, the fourth season, I think we finished outside the playoffs, so there wasn't really much to write home about about that season. But then the fifth season, you got the FA Cup final, you know, Melbourne FA Cup final against Man United. It was just, it was amazing. Um, you know, I was injured halfway through that season, so I missed out on 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 um, on, on uh, getting to the final myself. Um, but for the club, it was just, it was, it was just, it was just, it was, it was, it was brilliant. It was absolutely fantastic. You know, to get to the FA Cup final against Man United in, in Cardiff, it was. Um, it was something to behold, really. So, always fond memories the whole time I was there. You, you mentioned that word established. See, for you being that number one goalkeeper that, that knew if you played to your best ability, you would be the number one. Just how yeah. how much confidence does that give you as a goalkeeper? Because you'd been on the other end of it at Liverpool competing against yeah. the likes of David James and others. But see, when you were the guy in, in hold of that shirt, just to explain the difference in feeling for you. Well, just walk out. You'd walk out like with your shoulders back a little bit. Like that was just your life. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, you moved to London. You know, you've set up your life down there. You, you want to do it for a reason. Um, and, and for me, when I knew I was an established number one at Millwall, um, I was just really proud of the fact. You know, I, I was playing this level. It was just a really enjoyable time of my life. And um, yeah, um, I think. You know, when 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 you know you're an established player, and you know, and you you know you know you without being big headed, but you know you're going to play, you know, week in week out. Um, I don't just feel like just you just feel like ten foot tall. You know, you know your your path is big big sides, this Millwall side. Um, you know, like fantastic fans. Um, you know, a well established side, and you're the number one goalkeeper in that side. Just makes you feel great, and it helps with your confidence as well. Of course, it's going to. It just helps you come, you know, you just feel like you're, you know, I can't say superstar because you don't feel like a superstar, but you just feel absolutely fantastic when you when you know you're playing football week in, week out and you're you're like the main man in goal. Um, and it does help your confidence, yeah, because, you know, if, you, if you're the number two and I've been that, you know, like before and after Millwall, um, you know, it, it's just not good. You know, you, you're fighting against someone that you know is, uh, is, is probably better than you or, or you know, the... the the manager prefers them to you, and the fans like them. They don't like you. You know, you, you're not. You, you know, you, it's a little bit of indecision going on. But when you're number one, it's great. Uh, you, you just feel, you just feel so confident. You know what I mean? 
One of the things I've got to ask you about is you were nicknamed Denzel from obviously the Only Fools and Horses character during your time at Millwall. Yeah. What was that like for yeah. you? That, that, that was only at Millwall or did that follow you around? No, it was only at Millwall. Yeah, um, the, it, it happened fairly quickly, I think, after it went down there. And I, I think somebody was singing it in the crowd or somebody mentioned it to one of the players and they kind of said to me, oh, you know, it's Denzel from Only Fools and Horses and all that. And I loved it. I thought, great, you know what I mean? Because... You know, it's better than being called something else or being abused or, oh, for fuck's sake, is he playing again this week? He'll shit you and all that, get him off and all that. So you think, so, if they're making nicknames up of you, they must kind of like it, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, I, 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 I loved it. I, I, I absolutely loved it. You know, it was, it, was, it was a great nickname. It was an absolutely superb nickname. And, um, and, and it sticks to me to this day, you know, you lay, like, you know, I'll be in London at times or, in fact, I've been kind of all over the world trying to shit. I used to when you hear Denzel, you just know it's a it's a Millwall fan. I was in um I was over in India coaching over there about three years ago. I was in Delhi. I was in a hotel in Delhi. I was just walking to the reception. I said, Denzel. He's like, no, well, it's a Millwall fan. It's just you no, know, it's a Millwall fan. So you look around, and some fella just standing there like that. Oh my god. He goes, I thought it was you. And you're like, Yeah, you so you know, yeah, yeah, it's an yeah, it, it, it stuck with me, Denzel. Um, but yeah, I've I've loved it. I love that name because look, they, they started, you know, started making songs up about it and all that. So it was, um, it was, no, it was a good nickname. I've in, had term, in terms of that FA Cup run, it was an incredible journey for the club. For you, kind of, I suppose, a bit bittersweet because you were injured. What was it like yeah. with, with under Dennis Wise as a, a player manager as such? Because as you know as well as I do, Dennis is a sort of character that, that so many people in football love him and a lot of people don't. He's like Marmite almost. Yeah, he is, he is. And at Millwall, he was just absolutely loved because he came in as a player. Mark McGee brought him in as a player, um, going from Leicester. And um, and he come in and you just think, oh my God, like the, the, the first thing, because I'd seen it before. Um, I haven't probably paid much attention to him, but, you know, like when, when I was at Liverpool, you know, he'd be playing Chelsea. So you'd see him in a tunnel or you'd see him on the pitch, you know what I mean? You'd see him live. Um, but he just didn't realise how small he was. And for such a, like a tenacious player who can mix it, I was really surprised at how he can be that small, but still be as, as aggressive as you are without just getting wiped out. Um, and then he just showed me on a daily basis. He just thought, oh my God, well, yeah, you know, you don't have, it's all about size. It's not like the fight in the dog, I suppose. And he had it in spades. Um, and he was such a good player as well. And he was such a good fella. He was... He was, he was, he was just brilliant. You know what I mean? I mean, like you know, like, like you said, you've heard like you know, people kind of fall out with him and all that. Um, but for us, when when he become manager, like he didn't, he used to get changed in the corner, changing rooms, and um, he didn't, he didn't like change any of that. You know, he said, you know, don't want to call me gaffer. He said, I'm just still wise. He, I'm still going to get changed there. I'm still going to be around you. And he said, I don't want nothing to change, but I'm going to be picking the team. Um, so nothing did change. Well, for me, it didn't. I, I don't think for anybody else it did really. Um, but like I was playing all the time, so, so it was good for me. I mean, I should imagine he'd have to maybe drop people, so they may have got upset with him. But I can't recollect any of that because it didn't really involve me. Um, but he was, he was just top, top draw. Really, really good player. Really good player, and such a good character as well. And he just, he just, he's a, you know, because he, because he, he had like that. Crazy gang upbringing with with Wimbledon, um, he he brought that in, in with us. Like we had that anyway, but it was it was like it was like a nice it was like a nice marriage. 
of bring of characters and club and everything. You know what I mean? Because he was horrible. Like as a player, like he'd be kind of going down, a, you know, be doing people on in challenges and all that. But he'd been doing that his whole life, and then he'd stand there all in his sink. He's got this little baby face, hasn't he? And he'd be kind of standing with his hands up like that. But he knew he was he was aggressive. He was horrible. But he, he was horrible, and he was great to have on our side. Um, and he would he would dictate games. Um, you know, he would run games. And he was all, he was so fit as well. I think he was thirty seven when he came to us. Um, and and between him and Steve Claridge, like n- n- not not like he would kind of be a slightly better at the running. They would obliterate the whole club, the whole squad in the running. Like say you do like twelve minute runs, you'd have to run around the turning ground. They'd be lapping, they'd be lapping the whole team. They were that fit. It was incredible. It was like you know at the age of the pair of them, one was thirty six and one was thirty seven. So. You know, he backed it up, whatever he wanted or whatever he said, he backed it up. You know, he was fit as anything. You know, there's nothing he didn't know about football. He could run in midfield. He was, you know, for, for such a small fella, he, you know, he wouldn't pull out of a tackle with anybody. Um, so, you know, he, he'd back himself and, and he, you know, he had those behind him. Um, you know, he, he wouldn't actually do anything that he wouldn't do himself. So, no, he was, he was absolutely superb manager for me. And, you know, I marked the man life when, um, when we got... Um, when we got turned over in the final and, you know, they, they put up the, like little stand and stuff and the players go up for the medals and that. Like, he, he, he actually asked me, he asked me and Kevin Muscat actually to, to walk the team out at, 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 at um, Cardiff and no, no player had ever walked the, um, the team out in the history of the FA Cup and the FA were trying to, trying to block it. They go, no, like, you know, it's got to be the manager. It's always the manager. It has been for like a hundred odd years. The manager has to walk the team out. So why is he? They come to like a bit of a compromise. He said like if if why is he just comes out from underneath the, like the the tarpaulin bit? He's officially he's kind of let them out, but then use kind of flank him and come round the front so everybody's happy. And we kind of agreed on that because they were telling us no from the start. He said you know me and Kevin Muscat we were an integral part of the side, and he said you know I don't want to miss out on one. I want you to have a bit of a special day. And I want you to kind of lead the team out. I'd, I'd like to do that. And now me and me and Muzzy were absolutely made up. I was so proud to do it. So um, as we're lining up in a tunnel now, the ref saying to Wisey, like, come to the front. And Wisey just like, no. And he just stood it like in his position, which was like middle of the line. And like, you know, you got the producers going, right, you know, kind of need his out now because the telly and all that. And Wisey just stood there and like, no, I'm not, I'm not getting to the front. So it's up to you. So the ref and like, the ref and right, come on, let's go. So luckily for me, me, me and Kevin Muscat had both had knee, knee operations, but I'd had mine quite a few months before. Muzzy, so I was kind of moving pretty well. I was moving fine, but Muzzy was hobbling a bit. So there's me, Muzzy and Alex Ferguson walking out. But Muzzy starts hobbling, but Ferguson goes forward. And I'm thinking, oh, lucky Muzzy, I'm not hanging out, mate. The world's watching, you know what I mean? <laughs> so off I went. So Ferguson comes out a little bit before me, but it's me who comes out first. Muzzy's kind of hobbling behind, and then like the team kind of come up behind. So yeah, I think I'm I, I think I'm like the, the first player ever to walk in um, a team out in the FA Cup final. So uh, yeah, we I, you know we I got a little bit of um I got a little bit bit of bit of me FA Cup magic on that day. Do you know what I mean? But but just going back to Wisey, um, when we were getting the losers medals, Wisey said to me, he said, you know, after the players have just been up there, he said, get right up behind them, and he said, get one of their medals, and he said, stick it out in your pocket. They said, you know, if they kind of happen to run out of medals, if somebody's missing one, he said, you just have to find another one. But he said, just get it and stick it in your pocket. So I was thinking, like, you know what I mean? You know, he's even looking at me like, he's, you know, 
he's he's just got beaten in the FA Cup final against Man United, and he's still thinking about you. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you probably think he might have been not so much doing interviews now, but you know maybe trying to collect his thoughts or maybe tons of people. But he's saying to me, you get up there and get that get that um get that Miller right in your back burner, which I did. So um yeah, and, and I think I think they were doing okay for medals anyway. So there's no fuss after it. But um yeah, why is he was top drawer at Millwall? He was he was brilliant. Yeah, so that's first class as well. And, and yeah, it was brilliant. Brilliant. And when 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 you look at your time at Millwall, incredibly successful. Um, you you go to Cardiff, another Championship club. Uh, before yeah. then, getting the opportunity to play in the Premier League at Fulham. Just describe those couple of years after um, Millwall that leads you to the Premier League in Fulham, of course. <laughs> well, Millwall were like um, they were they were like offering me a contract, and, and I nearly left actually in, in the January before I got injured to Wolves. And Wolves were like, like, look, they were in the Premier League and they were saying to me, you're going to play every game till the end of the season if you come to us, you know what I mean? So I was, I was saying to Arjun, look, you know, Wolves want me and all that, it's going to be the Premier League. And the other managers go, nah, you know, you know, don't really want to kind of let you go now, you know, you're, you're our goalkeeper and all that. I was like, okay, well, fair enough. So I mean, I've signed the contract and, and kind of that's that. Um, you know, I, I, was, I was trying to push it a little bit, but, you know, I'm not going to go massively form out with anyone, and especially when I've only got six months left in my deal. Um, yes, yeah, so um, I, I was. I was leaving Millwall. I remember um, um, Wolves were coming for me in the January, and you know they were saying I was going to be playing till the end of the season if it went through. And um, I got injured actually. I think it, it was potentially going to go through, um, and I got injured. I just had like a like a neck injury, so that put that put pay to that. And then um, I got injured again. I broke my knee actually. Broke my knee in training, and um, I thought right, okay, that now it's kind of getting to a little bit of a a desperate situation because Millwall was still like, look, we still want to sign you. But what it was is I just felt I wasn't getting put on the level of the other players. And I felt I was, you know, I was an established team member. Um, and the, I just felt they were falling short uh, financially. Um, and at this point, I was 29. Um, so, you know, just toward the end of the season, and like, you'd be baby's mate. So I was, I was coming up to 30, really. I was just thinking, right, if you sign this, you know, I just want to be on, a, on a, just on, a, on another level um, from what they were offering. So, was anyway, Cardiff come in and Cardiff were offering, like, really, like, you know, really good, really good contract, really. So, I um, I ended up going and um, it, it, it was, it was, it was, it was difficult because I'd, I'd come back from this injury. I'd been out for three months with this knee injury. It was a fractured um, patella. I had to have it screwed. Um, and I was actually working my socks off to get fixed. I thought, you know what? I don't want to be going to be in the summer, um, not be able to get fit if I have any kind of setbacks or breakdowns with, with my knee. And then you're going into... Because I'd never been in a position before, really. Um, I'd been in a position in Liverpool, but, you know, because, you know, you, you've got more financial things relying on, you know, I had a, you know, I had a, a mortgage, I had a couple of places and stuff. And, you're thinking like, you know, what happens if you if you if you if you can't if you can't get a club for six months? Like what happens? So I was kind of I was um I was so determined to get fit. So anyway, signs on for Cardiff um on a two-year deal. And just me knee just wasn't right. It just it just wasn't it just wasn't ready. And um, it felt like it felt like it was, you know, you you know, you probably tell yourself, yeah, you know, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm gonna be able to be okay. Um but but it just wasn't right and and I just performance-wise. I just wasn't putting it in, um, or not, not that I wasn't putting it. In, I just, I just couldn't put it in. So um, Lenny Lawrence was, he, he was, he was keen to get me into the side, 
So after a couple of games, he put me in, um, and I just wasn't performing to the best of my ability. Um, just I was just hindered with this knee injury, really. So um, I, I um, displaced um, Neil Alexander, who was a big fan's favourite, um, and I think and I think they were they were looking to try and get him out. Um, so it was with me coming in, coming from Millwall. I'd had a bit of bother at Cardiff for my very first game um, for Millwall five years before, which I don't think some of the fans forgot. And um, between that and you know, not performing particularly well and displacing a fan's favourite and coming directly from Millwall, it was kind of all up against Yeah, I was up against it all, really. So, um, you know, kind of rightly so, I should imagine. I kind of got brought out and put Neil back in. Um, and then I, that was it. Then I kind of set, set the, the tone for, for the rest of my time at Cardiff. So probably, you know, the, the, the last part of the last third of the season, I kind of was on the bench, then not involved. So it wasn't, I just didn't really enjoy my time down there. Like the dressing room, like was, was a lot different than the Millwalls because it was my, like, you know, Liverpool, the dressing room was great. You know, loads of great characters. I really enjoyed myself. Went to Millwall. You know, the dressing room was absolutely fantastic. Probably the best I've been in. And then you go to Cardiff and it was just a bit disjointed and, you know, it was a bit clicky at times and, um, you know, they didn't. You know, they're, they're like good lads there, but they didn't seem to have the um, cohesiveness of, of, of Millwall. And you know, I, I probably wasn't particularly happy there. Plus, you're not playing, um, and you, you know, you come to like, you know, like, I will have been like third one at that point. You're just thinking, oh no, like where's my career going? And then um, I went back for pre-season, and um, Dave Jones would come in as the manager who tried to sign me on at Wolves um, a year or so before. And I thought, right, I've got a chance here of, of, of maybe impressing him. Anyway, he put Neil Alexander in again. So I thought, right, you know, it's not going to go well here. You know, I'm going to have to try and get out. And then after the first game of the season, my agent phoned me and he just said, look, he said, we're um, trying to organise a move to Fulham. And they, the, the, the Premier League's kicking off on Saturday and you're going to be playing. So I my God, I'm coming from one being on the bench at Cardiff to start in the Prem. Something right, yeah, get it done. So he um, he watched his names. Um, I think I have to get through. There was a game on a Tuesday. So try and get through this game without getting like on the pitch or anything like that. Over your Alexander's fine, um, and and it should go through. Um, should go through for, for for the Saturday, of which it did. So then, yeah, you know, it, it was an opportunity to get out, and like such a, you know, I, I couldn't have asked for the best opportunity to go and play in the Premier League in my Fulham. It was like I, I just kept on pinching myself, like. I've had really good um, opportunities in my career. Do you know what I mean? I've kind of gone from from strength to strength. I've, like I've, I've always like bounced on and kind of touched lucky. Liverpool, you no know, Celtic, Millwall, Cardiff was like a, a little bit of a you know it, it was a wobble, but you know it was nobody's fault really. You know it wasn't, wasn't the close fault. Wasn't really my fault. It just it just kind of just didn't didn't marry up particularly well. And then going to Fulham and playing the Premier League, which I thought was massively past me. Um, you know I thought you know I, I was going to be you know you're looking around like Championship teams and. You think, you know, like, you know, I'm going to maybe I'm going to have to drop down to Div 1, which I didn't really want to do. Um, but, you know, Premier League, I, I was never kind of looking at Premier League. It just weren't. I just thought, you know, 31 passed me. Um, I think an opportunity to go there. And it was like, oh, my God, I can't believe how lucky I am here. Um, then, yeah, went, went, in, went into Fulham and done, done, done well enough to, to earn a contract. So, yeah, you know, it was kind of life-changing, really. It was, um, it, it was uh, another, just a, another brilliant opportunity for me. 
In terms of the Premier League, what's it like when you step up there as a goalkeeper? What are the differences between the champ, League One, and playing in the Premier League? Is is, 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 the, the, is it just the overall quality, which obviously as fans we can see, or are there other differences that maybe we don't spot? Yeah, it's overall quality. From, from a goalkeeper aspect, um, you know, mistakes are just punished. Um, t- um, forwards generally don't miss the targets that they have good opportunities. So, as you know, you know, if it's a bit of a snapshot, you know, they're under, you know, they're under pressure maybe. But, you know, when they've got the ball, the feet, and maybe they've got that split second to, you know, to pull the trigger, you know you're going to have to, you're going to have to save it because they're generally going to hit the target. So you just think, you know, well, it's just up to them what, what they do, whether um, um, how I have to react to that. But I know I'm going to have to react to it somehow. Um, I remember speaking to um, Nigel Spink when I first got to when I first got to um, Millwall, and look, I, I I I knew I knew the quality of, of players because you know I I turned Robbie Robbie Fowler, who you know was probably the best striker of his generation. You know, he, he was like in training, he was just lethal. You just always have your kind of on the back foot, you know. His quality was amazing. So, you know, I, I knew what top, top draw forwards and, and players were, were all about. But then, you know, when you're going into it, you know, when, when the, you know, when the, 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 um, the bullets in the chamber in, in, in the game, in, in the Premier League, um, you think to yourself, right, okay, you know, you know they're, they're not going to miss here. So, you know, you need to be, you need to be, um, you know, on your metal and, you know, be able to kind of, you know, um, deal with deal with what gets put your way. Um, that, that's the one thing I would say, Jed. Just, and just, just tie to quality, you know, Always like decent balls put into the box. Always, always kind of getting put under pressure. Free kicks, you know. Always, you know, like having the targets all close. That's that's what I found anyway. And just and just the quality of passing, the quality of possession. Um, you know, you'd be up against teams that you know when have possession, you'd have to work so hard to get it off them, and balls would be absolutely wrapped into players. And you think, you know, that's in a championship. He's doing well to deal with that, but they just kill it every time. And, and and that and that that's it. It's just it's just all around quality. You know, they they the faster they make better decisions, they make quicker decisions. Um, ultimately, you know, when, when they're shooting, they're going to hit the target. You know, it, it's just it's just it's just a lot better. And it was it was just brilliant again to be exposed to that. Um, when, when I got to Fulham and like get an opportunity to play, um, and I'm forever thankful for Fulham. Like I didn't I didn't play many games there. I think I might have been about twenty odd games. Um, over, over the course of the, the time I was there, but um, it just gave me an opportunity to play at the highest level. And, and you know, I, I always look back at um, I always look back at my time of Fulham very, very fondly. One of the things I want to ask you about is saving a penalty at Highbury. Um, as yeah. a goalkeeper, see when you see when you were facing a, a penalty kick, did you make mm-hmm. your mind up and stick to it, or were you willing to change depending on the run up? I generally, I generally make my mind up. I generally make my mind up. And but it was funny because I um I, I remember just looking at that bottom right hand corner and I just knew he was gonna put it there. But I just know something's gonna happen. I just knew he was gonna put it there. So when I saved it, it I weren't even surprised. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, well, I knew he was gonna put it there, and I've just I've just kind of predicted it and I'm just and I've just died there and just saved it. So like I knew something he didn't say. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I I, I knew something he didn't. Um, I had the inside sack on that penalty. And I knew he was going to put it there. And yeah, went down, saved it, pushed, pushed it wide. Um, yeah, it, again, you know, you, you, you're, playing, you're playing against players. Like in that particular game here at Highbury, you know, um, I think it was Laurent who, who, who took the penalty. 
But you know, Thierry Henry's playing that game. You've got Dennis Bergkamp. You've got um, Young Fabregas. Um, um, the, the plays were just unreal. And the one instance I do remember in that game, it was funny because it, it was Henry. He's like, he's just such a dangerous player. He causes problems by doing nothing at all. I remember he was standing on the edge of the day in the second half. And as I remember it, the ball got switched across from, from our left to, to our right um, by Arsenal. And, and he, he just stood on the centre of the day. And the whole play got switched across. And the whole, like, all, all the back four switched across. And all their plays, everybody went across. And he just stood there. And I remember looking at him and players running past him thinking, I've got sucking around, but I can't leave on me in the edge of the box on his own. And he just stood, just conserved his energy, just stood and just watched the ball go over and the whole play just went across him. But you could see he was causing panic. People were like, pick him up and know what I'm staying with him and all that. And I just think he's that good, you can't leave him, do you know what I mean? And then we think, oh, God, that's how much of a good player he is. Um, and then you see, you know, you're watching Bear Camp just like, you know, just balls whipped into him, you know, just, Consume it into his path, and then just delivering it to somebody else. It's brilliant, isn't it? you know. It, it, it's what it's what you 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 play football. Um, it, it's why you want to be a footballer is to play in these games and to be exposed to these situations and just to see it up close. Like you know, you, you can see it on the telly. You know, you can watch videos and all that. But there's nothing better than watching it, like <laughs> the front row seats being in and amongst it. It's absolutely amazing, you know. It's what you play football for, to be honest. And you know, I'm forever thankful for, for that opportunity, to be honest. And it's funny enough, like we got before one, but I had a, had a really, really good game. Um, but you know, it, it's levels, and there's and, and there's the, the you know there's quality in front of you, and um, and yeah, we you know we, we got we got unpicked. When you look at um, your career after Fulham, a couple of loan spells, Leeds and Norwich, but you, you join Hull permanently. And the reason I want to ask you about Hull is because you worked with Phil Brown, who seems like a big character, and you you were yeah. in the squad when when he brought in Giovanni, who was absolutely fantastic at Hull. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. He was a big character. He was. I think, well, we didn't really see eye to eye friendship because he was. Um, he said to me, you know, I want these two are here now. They've, um, you know, they're, they're very settled. There's a one and a two. They know the positions kind of thing. Um, I want you to come in and kind of, you know, upset the apple cart a little bit and get in amongst it, of which it did. And he just, he just didn't give me opportunities. So I, um, you know, again, you know, you think to yourself, right, you know, good opportunities to get to Hull. You know, I think at this point I might have been thirty four, something like that. So you think about you know you know you've only got a couple of years left really, um, you know let, let let let's kind of kick on, and and he just he just kind of limited me opportunities and I thought I was performing well enough in training to at least get into the squads, um, and he decided against it. So look, you know what, right? We didn't really see eye to eye. Um, I wasn't particularly happy with it at, at at that time, but you know that's like the worst thing that happens to me in my football career. I've been very fortunate. So, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a great time at Hull. I ended up leaving after 18 months. And then it just kind of, that, that's kind of the last time I kind of just considered my career just kind of finished really. Played on in a few other teams and that. But um, that was kind of the end of it really where, where I was kind of wanting to be. Um, but like, like I said, you don't, have a, you don't always have an all your own way. Um, and, and, and a Huller didn't, you know what I mean? But yeah, like, look, 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 looking back at the time of Huller plays, like, yeah, Giovanni was great. 
he was in a, do you know what I like? It's funny. I come I come up against Giovanni once before. He come he come on trial to um to to Fulham. Um, it may will have been possibly the season before or eighteen months. Uh, the season before or two seasons before he come to Hull. I remember him. We were training in, in pre-season, and um, <laughs> he's got an absolute cannon of a shot on him for a little fella. And I remember we were training in like eleven side game, and I was standing goal. And the balls dropped to him, and it must have been about like, like 10 yards out, eight yards out. But I remember being really, really close. And he's absolutely volleyed it as hard as he could. And he just hit me in the face. And I remember, it put, put me on the ground, like, you know what I mean? It put me on the ground. I remember, like, you know, it's just like, it feels like you've got electric shocks going through your face. It was that, it was stinging that much. I was like, fuck him, all I want me at that. And I remember, like, the ball had just like, Flown probably right, out, right back outside the area, and there's all people around me going, You're all right, you're all right. Hell, you be there with a sledgehammer. Um, so then I remember when he turned up a hull, but oh, I remember this fella, he kind of half hit them. This fella, I was saying to the lads, What do you see when he hits them? Um, so yeah, um, yeah, Giovanni come, yeah, Giovanni was great, yeah. So, well, he, again, it was, it, it was, you no, know, there's there a lot of good characters there, a lot of like, you know, good lads there, Jad, um, you know, Demon Dash was there, great character, great player. Um, the, the player who stood for me was, was Nick Barnby. I like me and Nick Barnby were like the same age. I think like we're, we're like a week or so apart. He's a little bit older than me, which I never let him forget. But um, he, he he was kind of coming towards the end of his career. Yeah, you know, he'd run his legs off like through his old career. But the one thing I remember is think to yourself, like he was absolutely brilliant in training, Nick Barnby. Do you know what I mean? He was absolutely phenomenal. I used to say to um, to the goalie coach, I would love to have been around him. Imagine him like ten years ago. Like when he was about 25, he must have been absolutely unbelievable. And like, I always remember Barnby because um, my mate played for Liverpool Schoolboys, like when, like, I don't know, like 14 or 15, something like that. And he played in Aberystwyth. I think it was Aberystwyth in like the Milk Cup or these kind of cups they had. And Barnby was playing for, um, for Tottenham. And he was saying to me, there's this lad, he come back, he come back to Liverpool. He was going, there's this lad who played for Tottenham. Oh, my God, you want to see him? He was unbelievable. His name's Nick Barnby. And he was going, and, and, and I always remembered his name. And then, obviously, he got to the Tottenham side. So I knew about him, like, you know, like when, when I was young, like, you know, 19, 20, Nick Barnby. And he was going, that's that lad who played there in, in, the, in the thing. You know, I think he scored, like, an overhead kick in the final. Dead spectacular. You know, just like, like you know, Roy the Rovers stuff and all that. Um, and, you know, you know, he played for Tottenham, played for Everton, played for Liverpool, played for Middlesbrough. Um, obviously, he was a whole lad. Um, but I remember just seeing his quality and I thought to myself, God, he must have been a dream to be around like 10 years ago. So, you know, with the top level, must have been absolutely brilliant. Um, and he's such a really nice fella as well. Really nice, unassuming fella. Um, so, yeah, you know, again, you know, you, you take the positives out of it. I mean, you, you try and take the positives out of any situation. You know, the good thing was was a whole, I've left, um, left Fulham. I was like... I think it was about two or three weeks into pre-season, or no, it was probably a couple of weeks into pre-season. Nothing was coming my way. I'm thinking, oh my God, here we go. You know, that's what I'm going to do. You know, it was going to go into like months and then you'd have to take what you're given. So you'd end up going for like maybe, you know, you played in a Premier League the, the week, the season before, then you might end up with Div 1 um, just because of like, you know, lack of opportunities and it's a position I don't want to be in. So Hull, again, was like a bit of a lifeline, which, you know, I'm very thankful for. Um, it didn't quite work out when I was there, but like I said, you can't have it all your own way. You know what I mean? So 
again, you know, don't look, you know, uh, I'm always a glass half full kind of fella. Um, so, you know, as, 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 you know, there was times and spells of hull when I, when I wasn't particularly happy, but it's football and it? it's football. You know, you, 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 can't, you, can't, you can't worry about it too much. After Hull, you mentioned a few clubs, and what I want to ask you about, just in particular, is spells abroad. You you played over in Australia. You had an experience yeah. in Malta and India as well. Was that something yeah. you'd always wanted to do, just to to try different cultures and experience a different kind of football? Yeah, well, I think um, I think when I was when I was I kind of a Fulham, and I realised like not much, you know, I wasn't going to kind of stay there. I remember like standing out with my agents a little bit. Um, they were potentially trying to go to America and Europe, um, but not 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 really materialised. Just not really. I didn't I didn't push for it massively. I would have like I would have looked at opportunities. I actually spoke to spoke to an about going over to Turkey as well um, when I was when I was finished at, um, at, at Fulham. And that kind of you know I had a couple of meetings and, and that kind of um, nearly nearly materialised. But again, football you know unless unless until you sign that that's a line that one's ever. Not ever um, done and dusted, um, so that didn't happen. Um, but the, yeah, ends up going over to um, to the Wellington Phoenix in New Zealand, who play in the Australian League. And then Paul Eiffel was there, like we mean him with Millwall together. And they um, they needed the they, they had like the, the facing goalie and needed another goalie. And again, it was the situation where you know it's a heavy footballer's nightmare. But um, it was after I'd, I'd left Hull, then I was kind of in a doldrum for probably about. A, about a year, um, and then I signed on for Tramia, played half a season at Tramia, and then Tramia had offered me something, but you know, I, I, it, it, was, it wasn't right for me, so you know, I decided to try and, um, you know, try and find something else. And then Tingo came, came and went, the summer came and went, and then it was, it was, it was, it was right through the middle of um, pre season, so you're not saying anywhere, nothing's kind of dropping for you. And then Paul Eiffel phoned me and he said, um, the the Australian league had been set back a month because um, they had the Rugby World Cup in New Zealand and they were using Wellington Phoenix's grounds. So the whole like league had got set back a month and he was goals like when he was desperate for a goalkeeper um, and you'll you'll have time to get fit and, and like you know pre season pretty much kind of has, has just started really. Do you want to come? And there was nothing else offering. There's nothing else on on, on me, you know, like him in, in on the inbox really. So um, yeah, I, I, you know, I spoke to the missus, um, and yeah, we all went over. Me and the missus and the kids and that, um, and it was great. Yeah, another another fabulous opportunity. Went over there, um, like the, the goalkeeper. He had, he had a, quite a poor um, injury record to be honest, yeah, and he injured himself in the very first game. So I played half the games throughout the season. Um, so yeah, you know, you're living in New Zealand, living in Wellington, in a lovely house overlooking the bay. It was, you know, it was everything you kind of read about or you know you, you hear about. You know, it was a nice, easy, easy way of living. You know, you'd be going to Australia every other week um, to play games. So you know, you find yourself, you know, you know, Melbourne, Perth, Sydney, you know, Adelaide, or or, or you know, the Gold Coast. So it, it was just amazing. You know, it was just like you just eye opening. You know, you're going all over Australia. You know, you're living in New Zealand. It was it was a it was it was a nice period. It was a really nice period. Yeah, it was, it was nice to take the missus and kids over as well. So they, you know, the kids don't really remember much about it, but yeah, you know, it was it was a really nice experience. So yeah, good opportunity. And then um, went over to Malta, which was the end of the road for me. Really, it was like I, I got asked, I got asked to go over there by someone um, who owned the club, um, and then it turned out I wasn't getting paid. 
and and, and the, just the quality of football in Malta just just wasn't good. And I thought, you know, it was again, it was great. You know, you're living in the med, which you know you can't knock with. You know, you, you, you can't you can't knock it. Um, but the quality of football was was just grim. And I thought, you know, if you if you if you haven't applied your trade in Malta, you know, it's the end of the line, mate. So, I mean, you're not going to go back and you're not going to go back to to England and like be playing a level that you want to play at. So uh, I was kind of in the summertime. I was, I was, it was a bit of a crossroads. Something like, do come back to England? You know, you might, may I have to go and play like um, you know, conference football, which I didn't want to do. Yeah, my heart wouldn't have been in that. And then, luckily enough, I got a phone call off Paul Lynch, and he, um, he needed a goalkeeper coach for Blackpool. So yeah, so I thought, right, now's the time to do it. Now, now's the time just to to, to step away and and you know and, and start your coaching career. So yeah. Yeah, that, that was the end. That was the end of the, the, the journey, really. One of the other things that uh, the last major question I want to ask you, Tony, as well as playing your, your club football um, at, at various clubs, Millwall in particular, you mentioned is, is, is the club that you're, you're, you're remembered for, obviously the spell at Celtic as well. You also had an experience yeah. of getting a couple of caps for Trinidad and Tobago. What was it yeah. like in that experience of teaming up with a national side and also getting capped? Because again, something that lots of players dream of. Yeah, no, you know it, it was great. Um, so it, it, it's me, my dad's from Trinidad. Um, so he, he was really proud. Um, it, it was they'd asked me, they'd asked me a couple of times before, like when I was in Liverpool, they asked me to come come along. And then when I was at Millwall, um, it was the season that we were um, we were looking to push on when we won the league. And I remember I, I damaged my neck. I was kind of like, I wasn't quite 100%. And I thought, I don't need to be flying away to Trinidad and then maybe getting back and then having to play a game, um, a game for Millwall, uh, which is really important for us. And maybe not being like fully, like, quite well prepared um, because I want to win this league. The league was the most important thing for, for, for me and for the club. So I declined the offer then. Then when I was at Fulham, um, they were, they, 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 they got in, in touch and said, you know, like, you know, we want, we want you to, we want to, to, um, to, to play in a friendly game. It was against Iceland at, um, at QPR. So, yeah, yeah, it was amazing. You know, it was great to just say, you know, you played some international football, which was absolutely amazing. You know, again, it was something which I thought, you know, they were pretty short of a goalkeeper's turned out. Yeah, but I think because I'd, I was starting to play in, in the Prem, I'd probably um, been flagged up a little bit. So uh, yeah, played um, played played against um, Iceland the QPR. So yeah, been captain and turned out I got to the World Cup that season. Um, that year it was two thousand and six. I remember like there was like kind of four goalkeepers, um, including myself, which were you know which, which were you know in, in line in line for, for you know selection. But <laughs> they they pretty much got qualified with the other three goalkeepers. So they stuck with what got them there. Which was fair enough. I mean, I was disappointed because I remember like the the, the what's name um, come up on come up on Sky on the computer or something, the 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 World Cup squad, and I wasn't in it. And I remember being fairly disappointed. But the reality is, um, the players that I got them there, they stuck with them, and you can't argue with that really. Um, but managed to go over and watch watch some of the games, which was which was good. Went to watch England during that game, which was you know it, it was interesting. You know, it, it was it was nice to nice to see that. Um, and then the thing I got me next cap when I was in when I was playing for Wellington actually yeah played against um, gosh, it was Barbados no it wasn't Barbados Bermuda I think it was Bermuda um, 
So yeah, um, played 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 in in Trinidad against Muda, um, beat them. So yeah, you know, it was it, it was nice. It was nice to play international football, you know, and that was a World Cup qualifier as well. So yeah, you know, it, 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 it's always it's always good to kind of um, to represent your country, I suppose. You no, know, obviously, you know, kind of, you know, growing up in England all my life, really. Um, but you know, me, me, me dad, my dad come over here from Trinidad back in the sixties, um, and that's what that's what qualified me. So no, no, you know, it, it was nice. It was nice to play international football. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was. Um, you know, it was nice to say that you've done that. Just before you go, Tony, a few quick fire ones for you. Best players you played with. Um, best players players I've played with. Um, I'd have to say. Um, Robbie Fowler, even though like I was with him at Liverpool five years, never actually got to play with him in anger on, on the pitch. But um, see, Robbie Fowler uh, and Henrik Larsson. Oh, great choices. Um, toughest yeah. opponents? Toughest opponents? Um, I'd probably say Arsenal because we played them. I played them three times, Arsenal, and we got turned over three times. Um, yeah. Uh, the last time we very nearly scraped the win, but ended up Getting getting beat like late on, uh, but the other two t- the other two times got beat four one and four nil. Just the quality, just quality, just takes over sometimes and just flattens. You know what I mean? Yeah, for Arsenal. Most underrated player you played with? Ooh, most most underrated player I played with. I would probably say Robbie Ryan, who was the left back who played for Millwall. Um, I think he was at Millwall for about six years or so. He's kind of he just kind of looked on daily. But he was, um, he was, he, he, you know, he, he was deceptively quick. Um, he was a very good, he was a very good player, um, and he just, he just, I just don't think he got the the credit he deserved. Robbie Ryan, he played, he played in the FA Cup final against um, Ronaldo, and was, you know, and was like, you know, a number one left back in that Millwall side, and then then have to go and play, and then signed for I think Bristol Rovers, which was in Div One, I think. So coming from the ethical final, going to Div One, would it happen today? Would you play in the ethical final today? And having to go drop down two divisions or or, or drop down a division, um, I, I don't think it would happen. Um, but it happened to Robbie, and uh, and it should not. And yeah, so he, he's he's been nominated. He's he's been player and nominated for most underrated player. Biggest character you played with and why? Biggest character, oh, um, Jimmy Bollard by far. Um, <laughs> just just. Just, just brilliant. Just like Alexic, just like just a really funny fella. Um, never takes anything serious. Actually, the only thing he ever takes seriously is golf, or watching golf, or playing golf. That's the only time he's ever serious. And I think fishing, apparently, but I've never been fishing with him. But they're the only times he's ever serious. Any other time in his life, he's just not serious. Like, just, just. Do you know what? It's funny. He's, he's got like a bit of a character where he does things, and I think to myself, "No, have I done that?" I'd be getting like punched. I'd be getting slung out by the doorman. And, and then, but Jimmy just has it where everyone's like laughing with him and all that. Like we were in, just for one, for one instance, we were in a, an actress party in um, at Fulham. And there was a, there's a, a bar in Piccadilly Circus called Jewel. And what it's got is the whole ceiling has got um, like, um, like um, it's like mirrored, mirrored um, what's it called? Like mosaics. So the ceiling's like you stand there, you just looking to see, oh, it's amazing. So we're in there, Marcus's like, party, being a bit rowdy, and you've got like these two dormant, like big Serbian killers, about six or five, you know what I mean? Like they just kill you by looking at you. And um, and they've got like these pots, you know, those like little volcanic, um, like little volcanic stones in. Yep. 
don't know, no, no, like, the, like the pot plants. So, I, so Jimmy's in there, and he's like got his hands in these, vol- these volcanic things, and he's lashing up my ear, and I'm smashing all over the mosaics on the ceiling. I'm thinking, oh my god, he's gonna get fucking battered, and he's gonna get us all slung out and all that. And all the dorm are laughing with him, and I'm thinking, if I done that, I'd be getting slung out at first after getting battered. You know what I mean? And, and, and Jimmy does that a lot. He does a lot of things like that and gets away with it. And judging up by all the years I've known him, it's not by fluke. It's a skill he's got. It's a talent he's got. You know what I mean? And he, um, he's you know he's always he's always going to go on and do things and like you know he's been brought in like to the soccer am now and he was like established enough just for his character. So yeah, he's um. He, he, he's, he's definitely the biggest character I've played with. And I was lucky enough to play with him at two clubs. I was at Fulham and the Hull as well. So, uh, yeah, Jimmy Bullard definitely gets that first prize. Few non football ones for you. Favourite sport other than football? Favourite sport other than football? Um, oh, I don't know what. Um, swimming. If you went. If you weren't a footballer, you mentioned accountancy earlier. What do you think you'd have been on to do? Do you think you'd have stuck the accountancy? Do you know what? No, I couldn't have done it. I, I couldn't have stuck with it. It's, it, it was mind-numbing. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what I've done. I, 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 I don't know, something like a bricklayer or something, maybe. Just something probably manual, I reckon. Do you know what I mean? Probably something like that. Um, it's not, not something I've really thought about, to be honest, yeah. Um, but probably something like that, yeah. And the last question I've got for you, you've travelled a lot with football, obviously you've played abroad, as, as we talked about. Where's where's the, your favourite place that you've travelled to? Um, I would say, I would say Goa, because um, fortunately when I was travelling, when I was in India, I weren't playing anymore. So you had opportunities to get out and, and see a bit, you know. Um, so Goa, yeah, we went, and, and when, when I was in Chennai, um, we went to Goa a couple of times. So there was some like some like good beach bars, and it was you know it, it was a really interesting place. You know, like um, not not actually typical of India, really. Um, you know, it's got a Portuguese influence, um, so it's kind of a little bit more westernized a little bit. You know, but Goa is Goa was a really good, a really good place. Yeah, I really enjoyed Goa. Brilliant, Tony. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. No problem. So we'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home in a deep sea cave And our shells will all be open They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song We'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home in a deep sea cave And our shells will all be open They'll be filled with song, they'll be 